Good morning, everybody. I am super excited about this series. We started last week called I Like Giving. So everybody look at your neighbor. Just point at them and say, I like giving. Come on, look at your other neighbor, your second choice. Tell them, hey, I like giving too. I like giving. I like giving. Now, I know some of you, I know already right now, let's just be honest. You came in today, and even as they handed you that little worship guide, and it said on there that the series was called I Like Giving, some of you were like, but wait a minute, I don't like giving. Like, I really like getting. I really like receiving. In fact, sometimes it's like, man, I know I should like giving. I know I should be a giver. But, man, I hate it when the pastor talks about giving. I don't like it when churches talk about giving. In fact, some of you have already even made plans. Like, you're like, okay, I know this series is for the month of November. I'll just come back to church in December because I don't want to hear about giving. Or I'll go find another church that doesn't talk about giving and all of that. Because really, deep down inside, I think we know in our heart that we really should be givers and that we really should like giving, but so many times we don't really like it and it's a, it's a struggle for us. And I think a lot of the reason is because is we really live in a very me-centered society, don't we? I mean, it's all about me. It's about get me what I want and let me feel good, make me comfortable, let me have the stuff that I really want to get and the stuff that I really want to receive. I mean, even think about it. Just for instance, coming up in November, how many know what's coming up this month, right? Holidays, Thanksgiving, and then right after that is Christmas time. And so even in a season when it really should be a time about giving, sometimes we've kind of made it more about getting, you know. I mean, Thanksgiving is Thanksgiving. It should be about giving. And yet sometimes it's like it's going to be, you know, about getting a day off from work. Or it's going to be about getting to watch some football. Or it's going to be about getting some pumpkin pie. Come on, any pumpkin pie people out there today? Come on. How many of you are the pumpkin pie people? You're in the pumpkin pie side. How many are the pecan pie. We'll pray for you. We'll just pray for you. I'll tell you. But isn't that the way it is? Like, I mean, sometimes it's about getting and what can I get for myself? And even Christmas, like the season of the year, like the one holiday of the year that it should be about giving. And it's about God gave his son for us. And yet it's so that we can get that gadget that we wanted so bad or whatever. And sometimes we kind of miss the whole point of it. And so even when we talk about something like I like giving, it's so hard for us because sometimes we really don't like to give, we would a whole lot rather receive. But here's the deal. I believe that in this, in this series, that through this, through this four weeks of this series, through this month, I believe that God is going to teach us to learn to like giving. How many believe that you can actually learn to like giving? Come on, raise your hand, right? That you're not just, that we can't just like give because we're supposed to give, but we can actually learn to like it. That even as followers of Christ, that it actually ought to be something that we don't even just like, but we actually love it. It ought to be a passion that flows out of of who we are as followers of Christ. In fact, I think this is what Paul was trying to talk about in this passage of scripture that is really kind of our driving passage for this series. It's found in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse number 6. Why don't we read it uh, together? It's on the screen there for you as well today. Look what it says. It says, everyone must give as he has decided in his heart, 
not reluctantly or under compulsion, for the Lord loves a what? Everybody say it aloud. For the Lord loves a cheerful giver. Paul is saying, hey, I want you to learn how to give, and I want you to learn to give because you like it, because you love it, because you have a passion in your heart. And that's what we're going to be trying to learn how to do in this series. In fact, we're giving you opportunity to do it. You saw it in the announcement video today that on November the 20th, the Sunday before Thanksgiving, just like four days before we stuff our bellies full of more food than we should eat in a whole week, let alone in a day, right? Before we do that, what we're going to do is we're going to recognize that there are people in the world that have less than us, and we're going to be generous towards them. We're going to give, and we're challenging every single one of you on that day to set aside one day's wages, just to figure out what would one day of wages be for you, and bring that, and just like I said on the video, your one day could change their every day, and we're going to do this, and as we're doing it, we're going to be practicing generosity. We're going to learn to be generous. And I know some of you are saying, well, why, do, why are we doing this? Like, why would we set aside a whole month to do this, Pastor? And I'll tell you why we do this. And that is this, that generosity is one of our core values as a church. In fact, you see it on the wall, you see it on the website, but it's more than just what's written on the wall or what's on the website. In fact, we have a little saying around here that goes like this, that giving is not just something we do, but generous is who we are. In fact, why don't you say that with me today on the count of three? One, two, three. Giving is not just something we do. Generous is who we are. And here's the deal. is deep down in the heart of who we are as a church. We want to be a generous people. We want to learn to be a people who give, not just because it's something that we should do, or the Bible says that we should do, or the pastor said that we should do, or because we had a special day, or because it was a special series. No, we want it to be at the core of who we are are as a people, as Christ followers, and as a church, that giving is not just something that we do, but generous is who we are. So what we're going to do today is we're going to take that little that little saying that we say around here, we're going to break it down into two parts. And we're first going to just look at what happens when giving is just something we do. I think that that can actually be something that's very dangerous for churches and for Christians. We're going to talk about what can happen. And then we're going to flip it around and we're going to talk about what can happen in us when generous actually becomes a part of who we are. So if you're taking notes, write these down. We're first going to look at this. Four things that happen when giving is just something we do. Number one, write this one down. If giving is just something we do, here's what can happen. We can give begrudgingly. How many know that sometimes you can give and not really want to give? Come on. Anybody ever experienced it? You don't have to raise your hand, but you know what I'm saying. Like you gave, but then you were kind of giving, but you were kind of begrudging it in your heart. Come on, right? Parents, you know exactly what I'm talking about because sometimes you got kids and they're fighting over a toy or whatever. And what do you do? You say, I want you to share your toy with your brother. Come on. Any parents ever said that? And then, the, and then they look up at you like, why do I have to share it? And it's always that classic line that we said we would never say, but now that we're parents, we say it because I said so. Come on. Anybody ever said that before? Right, And it's like, okay, I'll share with my brother, but I don't really want to share with my brother. It's like the one little kid that was like, I'm sharing with my hands, but I'm not sharing in my heart, right? And some of us, you know, the truth is, that's the way we are with God. 
Like sometimes it can be that way. When giving is just something that we do, we might do it, but we don't really want to do it. And we kind of have this grudge that we kind of hold towards it. Like I'm doing it and I know I have to do it, but I don't have to like it. You know, like I'm giving in that offering with my hands, but I'm not doing it in my heart. Right. And here's the thing is that sometimes we can get this attitude. Like the pastor said, give and Jesus said, give. We're supposed to give. So I'll just give and I don't really want to. Come on. Right. And sometimes even it's interesting. That word begrudgingly is an interesting word because it actually has the word grudge in it. And when giving is just something that we do, we might do it, but then we kind of hold a grudge. Like, I'm doing it, but I don't want to. In fact, I'm doing it, God, but you owe me, right? Like, I gave in the tithes and offering, and so now you owe me a blessing. Or I gave to those kids that didn't have any, that had, didn't have any food to eat in that one-day offering, and so now, God, you owe me. And here's the problem is it's a hard thing. That when giving is just something that we do, man, sometimes we can kind of give begrudgingly. Number two, write this one down. If giving is just something we do, here's what can happen is that sometimes we can begin to give reluctantly. Anybody ever given reluctantly before? In fact, this is what Paul was talking about in this passage that we've been looking at in this series in 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 7. Look what he says. He says, each one of you must decide in your, in your what? Everybody say, in your hearts how much you would give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure For the Lord loves a person who gives cheerfully. I like the way it says it in the message, which is just kind of a devotional translation of the Bible. Look what he says. He says, I want each one of you to take plenty of time and think it over. Make up in your own mind what you will give, and that will protect you against sob stories and arm twisting. For God loves it when the giver delights in the giving. See, I think sometimes even in a series like this, the reason that some of us are like, oh, I think I'll skip that series. I don't really like it when the church talks about money is because we've all experienced those churches before where they kind of twist your arm. Come on. You know what I'm saying? Come on. You've seen it on TV. Maybe you've been to a church like this before where like it comes to a series about giving or a talk about giving. And then we, you know, we get it just right. Like the music is just right. And the mood is just right. And the pastor just, I mean, just so eloquently tells the story that makes, that just tugs at the heartstrings. Come on, right? And we show pictures of sad stories all in this way of kind of trying to manipulate and twist arms and make it just right so that, you know, you don't really want to do it. And, but just kind of, you know, just kind of reluctantly you give because you feel under pressure. Come on, am I the only one that's ever experienced that before? Let me just tell you something here today. That's not what we're all about here at LifeGate. In fact, when we talk about giving, you know what? Our purpose is not to, not to influence you or to twist your arm or to try to pressure you to do that. In fact, you know what? One of the things that we do around here is almost every time we talk about giving, we don't ask you to give. You know what we do? We ask you to ask God what you should give. How many know there's a difference? And let me just let you in on a little secret. If you ask God what you should give, God's not going to ever tell you you shouldn't give, okay? Because he's a giving God. But you know what? There's a difference in those, in those times when you feel pressured and you give and you do it kind of out of kind of, you do it, but kind of reluctantly. And that's not what God is all about. And that's not what we're all about. We don't want to give just because giving is something we feel like we're supposed to do. We want to give because we love God and we love his work and we love his kingdom. And we want to make a difference in the world for him, right? Come on. 
And so if giving is just something that we do, sometimes we can give for the wrong reasons. Sometimes we can give begrudgingly. Sometimes we can give reluctantly. Number three, write this one down. Sometimes if giving is just something we do, we might give selfishly. Did you know you can actually be selfish while you're giving? Did you know you can actually give for selfish reasons? We've all probably done it before, haven't we? Like, I'll give something to them so that they feel like they have to give something to me. Come on, Christmas time, this happens a lot, right? Or they gave something, and so now I have to give something to them. Or sometimes it's even like, I'll give so that I can get them to do what I want them to do. Sometimes it's, I'll give so that everyone can see what a great, generous, giving person that I am. And you know what? Jesus actually talked about this in Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 2. Look what he says. He says, watch out. Everybody say, watch out. Watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be, to be admired by others. For then you will lose your reward from your Father in heaven. And when you give to someone in need, don't do it as the what? As the hypocrites do, blowing the trumpets in the synagogues and the streets to call attention to their act of charity. No, I tell you the truth. They have already received all of the reward that they will ever get. But when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gift in private and your father who sees everything, then he will reward you. See, here's what Jesus is saying. Hey, sometimes we can give for the wrong reason. Sometimes when giving is just what we do, we can kind of give selfishly so that others will do things and so that others will see us. And Jesus says, hey, you can give in that way, but when you give in that way, when others saw you, that's the reward that you're going to get. And that's all. But when you decide in your heart that, hey, I'm not going to just give because I'm supposed to give, and I'm not going to give selfishly, but I'm going to give out of a heart of generosity that generous is who I am, then it begins to change everything. See, if giving is just something that we do, man, we give for wrong reasons. We give, we give begrudgingly and reluctantly and selfishly. Number four, check this one, this one out. When, when giving is just something we do, here's what can happen. We can actually give conditionally. How many have ever received a gift that had some strings attached, right? Man, it happens in families sometimes. Like, you know, someone gives you something, but you know that they gave that to you, and it wasn't free, right? Because <laughs> you know there's going to be some strings attached. There's going to be some things that you got to do. Sometimes we can even do this in, in the church sometimes. Like, we can go, hey, I'm going to be a giver, and then I want everybody to see that I'm the big giver so that they'll do the program that I want them to do, or they'll do the thing that I'm wanting them to do, or I can have influence with the pastor or the leaders or whatever. And we give, and we give our gift, but we do it with kind of some conditions and some strings attached. I'll do something for you if you do something for me. It kind of reminds me of the story of Jacob and Esau. Remember their story, right? And Esau was the oldest, and because he was the oldest, he had the birthright, which meant that he was going to get a larger portion of the inheritance. And so Jacob, he was kind of shifty. In fact, his name meant deceiver. And so one day, as Esau's out in the in the woods, and he's hunting, and he brings some stuff home, and he's tired, and Jacob is cooking this bowl of stew, and Esau's like, man, I'm so hungry, I wish I had something and Jacob's to eat and Jacob saw an opportunity. He's like, Hey, I got something here for you to eat. You know, you can have some of this stew if you give me your birthright. And isn't that how we do sometimes? Like if we don't have the right heart when it comes to giving, we can actually give with conditions and strings attached. And how many would agree with me today that all of these that I just mentioned are all wrong motivations for giving? 
Like if giving is just something that I do, I'll give with the wrong heart. But something happens inside of us when, when, the, when the switch kind of flips and we start to think, hey, giving is not just something that I do, but generous is the kind of person that I want to be. Man, it changes everything. In fact, we see this in this passage that I want us to spend the remainder of the message today looking at. It's found in the, in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 8. In fact, if you have your Bibles, why don't you go ahead and open them up to 2 Corinthians chapter 8 because we're going to read it. It's kind of a lengthy passage. I want you to see it together with me. And while you're, while you're getting there, just let me just kind of set it up for you. Paul is actually writing this letter to a church in a town called Corinth. In fact, that's the reason that it was that it was called Corinthians. That's kind of how the New Testament works. He was writing to this church in this town called Corinth, and he's actually challenging them to be generous. Actually, Corinth was a very kind of well-off kind of a town. I mean, the people that were in that church were doing pretty well, kind of like us in America. And so he's challenging them, hey, you're doing well because God has blessed you, but I want you to be generous with what God has blessed you with. And he kind of he kind of puts this challenge out to him, and he kind of compares them to another church, a church in Macedonia, and he almost kind of appeals to their to their kind of their competitive spirit. He's almost like, let's have a challenge to see who could outgive one another. Wouldn't that be cool if we just did that as a church instead of having church softball league where we get out there and get competitive and then Christians are cussing at each other and stuff in church softball league? Wouldn't it be like cool if we had like a church giving league? Like which church can give the most? And this is what Paul is saying. Hey, there's this other church in Macedonia that actually they're very poor and they don't have very much, but they get the heart of generosity. And let's look, let's look what Paul says to the church in Corinth in verse number, number one of 2 Corinthians 8. Let's read it together. He says, and now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. Entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. And they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord and then by the will of God also to us. So we urged Titus, just as we had earlier made at the beginning, to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in earnestness, and in love, we have kindled in you. See also that you, everybody say this aloud, that you excel in the grace of giving. I am not commanding you to do this, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. For you know that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that through his poverty you might become rich. Verse 10, and here is my judgment about what is best for you. Last year you were the first not only to give, but also to have the desire to do so. Now finish the work so that your eager willingness to do it may be matched only by your completion of it according to your means. For if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. I want you to see in this passage four things that can happen when we get a heart like the church in Macedonia. When we can get 
a heart of generosity. Number one, write this down. When generous is who we are, guess what's going to happen? Instead of giving reluctantly or instead of giving begrudgingly, here's what's going to happen. We're going to give joyfully. Everybody say joyfully. We're going to give joyfully. In fact, this is what we see happening with this church. In verse number two, look what it says. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up into rich generosity. I mean, think about it. Here's this church that is extremely poor. They have nothing, and yet they have a joy down in their heart. And where does that joy come from? That joy comes from the fact that they had learned to be generous. In fact, I'm telling you something, guys. There is a joy and a peace and a fulfillment that you can only find by learning to be a generous person. This was actually a principle that Jesus teaches us over and over and over, that the way that we really find our life, the way that we find joy is by laying ourselves down for others. In fact, Jesus said it like this in the book of Acts, it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. You know what that word blessed means? That word blessed, if you actually study it in the Greek, it actually means happy. It means joyful. It means fulfilled. That guys, hey, there is a joy and a fulfillment that only comes from being a generous person. And let's be honest, we've all seen it before, right? We've seen some people who aren't very generous, right? Come on, you're gonna, some of you are going to see them at Thanksgiving in just a couple of weeks. And you know what I've noticed? The most miserable people in the world are people who are stingy. Have you noticed that? Like, in fact, it's amazing. You know the word miserable? You know, it comes from a root word, the word miser. You know what a miser is? Someone who holds on to what they have. Someone who is stingy. And so here's the deal, guys. The most miserable life is the stingy life. But you know what else I've also discovered? That the more generous I become, the more I I begin to receive joy and fulfillment in my life. That as I give to others, God begins to bring joy and happiness. And I am am actually blessed as I give. Because it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. And some of you go, I don't know about that, Pastor. I'm not really sure. Well, let me just tell you this. It's actually a scientific proven fact. Because you know what? A few, a few years ago, the Wall Street Journal actually did an article where some scientists were actually trying to figure out. They couldn't understand, like, why would people who ha- would take their hardworking, you know, hard-earned money and be generous and give it to others? And it just doesn't seem to make sense because science tells us, hey, look out for yourself. Look out for number one, survival of the fittest. And that's what our whole world tells us. So some scientists were trying to, they studied some generous people, some people who gave large portions of their income and try to figure out, like, what made them tick and why did they do that and they actually in this study they actually found that there is a chemical that is released in our brain when we give and when we do things for others that actually makes us feel the feeling of happiness and you know I think deep down in our heart we know like we've all discovered that And you know why that is? You know why you feel that feeling of joy and that feeling of fulfillment when you give and when you do something for someone else? Because that's the way God wired you to be. That's the way God made you. He made your brain that way so that when you give, you would feel this feeling of pleasure because that chemical would be released in in your brain. God formed you and made you that way. That's your purpose. 
Some of you are going, I don't know what my purpose is in life. Well, you know what? There's good news is that life track starts today. Step one of life track, you can get in and you can find out what is your purpose and how can you make a difference and figure out the spiritual gifts that God has given you. But let me just tell you a little secret here today. Every single one of you, God has put a purpose in your heart and that purpose is for you to be generous, for you to use your life to make a difference in someone else's life. This is what happens when generous becomes who we are. When we really start to learn to like giving, you know what happens is that, is that we give joyfully. Number two, write this one down. When, when giving is not, just who we, is not just something we do, but generous is who we are, number two, this happens, is that we begin to give selflessly. Everybody say selflessly. Look what it says in our passage, verse number five. And they did not do what we expected, but they gave of what? They gave of themselves. Man, that's so powerful. That when we become generous, you know what happens? It's more than just a money thing. It's more than just a series about money. You know what happens is that instead of just giving our money, you know what we want to do when we're generous? We want to give ourselves. Like we want to give everything. Like I, want to, I want to use my car for the glory of God. Like I want to give my time and I want to give my talents. I want to give my, my energy and my ability. I want to give everything for others because that's a part of who I am. And then when you really think about it, isn't that what God did for us? Like he sent his son and Jesus did what? Gave himself for us. That when he looked down to this earth and he saw the predicament that we were in, aren't you glad that Jesus didn't just say, hey, let me just write a check, you know? Well, let me just send a little offering to help him. No, no, what did he do? He offered himself. He came down to this earth and gave of himself for us. Aren't you glad that God didn't look down and see us and go, well, I don't do giving. (laughs) And you know what the truth is? Guys, everything that we have in this life, you know, we have it because someone else gave of themselves before for us. I mean, think about it. Even this morning, you, you drove up to a church, you drove into a parking lot, and the reason that parking lot was there was because someone before you gave of themselves so that parking lot could be poured. You walked up to a church and you were handed a worship guide by someone who gave of themselves so that they could develop that worship guide, so that they could give of their time to stand there and welcome you and hand it and hand it to you. You walked into a, to an auditorium that's here today because someone before you gave of themselves so this building could be here. You came into a service where the worship team, don't we have an awesome worship team who are leading us in worship and you can go into the presence of God because they gave of themselves on Thursday night. They came to rehearsal and this morning they came early and they do it three services every Sunday and then back again tonight for a worship night. Come on, they gave of themselves so that you could experience the presence of God. You came into a place, a church that did not even exist 10 years ago, but now your family is being changed by it. Why? Because someone gave to a little church plant that said, hey, we want to start a church in Burleson. You are here today. We are here today because others gave of themselves for us. You took your kids, you took them to the nursery and you were able to drop them off and come in and spend time in the presence of God because someone took care of your kids. Aren't you glad that they didn't just look at you at the nursery and go, I don't do dirty diapers. Aren't you glad someone didn't say, hey, I don't clean toilets. I don't do that, right? Aren't you glad that Jesus didn't say, hey, I don't do crosses. See, what happens when there's generosity in our hearts Man, it flows out to, hey, we're going to give of ourselves. We give selflessly. Number three, write this one down. When generous becomes who we are, man, we're going to give willingly. And this is a big one. 
This is where we learn to like giving because here's the deal is when we really become generous, we don't just give because someone twisted our arm or someone made us or because, oh, I'm supposed to and I just have to do it. No, no, we give because we want to. In fact, this is what it was saying right there. Paul was saying in verse 12, he says, for if the willingness is there, then the gift is acceptable. Let me, let me tell you something today, guys. If we're giving and we're not giving because we want to, maybe that gift's not even acceptable. I mean, remember Cain and Abel, right? Remember the difference in the gifts? And some of us, man, that's where we are. We are giving, but our gift is not truly acceptable in the sight of God because we're doing it with the wrong heart. And God is saying, no, I don't want you to just give because you have to give or give because that's what you do. I want you to be generous. I want you to be a generous person that actually gives because you want to. And I want you to do it because you're willing to do it. And I know, man, we try, to, we try to find all the loopholes. Well, you know, maybe that's not really for me. In fact, I'll get it sometimes when we talk about tithing. We're going to talk about that a little bit next week, a little bit more. And I'll have some people that'll go, well, yeah, you know, Pastor, but isn't that tithing thing? Like, isn't that like an Old Testament? And that was the law. And, you know, the law is not for us because we're New Testament. And I get all that kind of stuff. And, and you know what I say? I say, yeah, it was an Old Testament thing. It was the law, although Jesus did tell us that we should tithe. He actually commended the Pharisees for doing it. But you don't have to tithe. You don't have to give. That's, that's a law thing. But you know what? Jesus didn't come to abolish the law. You know what he did? He came to change the motivation of the law. That because he came, now we don't do the law because we have to. Now we do it because we want to. In fact, let me just tell you this. You know what? Adultery is also a law thing. So, no, we could say, well, hey, that's Old Testament, so we don't have to keep up with that anymore or whatever. But we don't do that. Why? Not because we're trying to obey the law, but because we love our spouse. And, you know, it's the same thing with giving. Is we don't do it just because I have to or the pastor said or whatever. No, we do it because we have a heart. See, that's what generosity is. It's a heart thing. I have a heart for God, and I have a heart for his work, and I have a heart for people. And so I don't do it just because the Bible said or the pastor said or the law says. I do it because I want to because my heart is a heart for God. Come on, I'm preaching better than y'all are amen in this morning. <laughs> Number four, write this one down. This is the biggest one of all. When generosity becomes who we are, here's what will happen. We're not just going to give joyfully and selflessly and willingly. We're going to give thankfully. And we're about to enter into a season in our church and in really in our society today, a season of thanksgiving. And I'll tell you the honest truth, we're not very thankful. We're a very ungrateful people for all that we have. But man, when you think about all that we have, you think about what it means to be an American and live in the country, the greatest country in the world that we live in, not only that, but to be a Christian, to be a follower of Christ, to have received all that Christ has done for us, man, I'm telling you, the only appropriate response is to give. And you know what that is? Giving is actually an act, an expression of gratitude. In fact, this is what Paul was saying. Look, look what it says in verse number nine. For you know that the grace, by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that through you his poverty might become rich. Here's what Paul was saying. Hey, when you think about it, that Jesus was rich, he was in heaven, he didn't have to come down. But he gave up the riches of heaven to come down to this earth to give himself for us that though you were poor, he made himself poor so that you through him could be rich. When you think about that, all you can really do, the only real reasonable response is to say, God, out of gratitude, I will give everything that I have for you and for your kingdom. In fact, this is what Paul was saying in Romans chapter 12, one of my favorite passages of scripture in the entire Bible. Look what he says. He says, so brothers and sisters, since God has shown us such great mercy, 
I beg you to do what? To offer your lives as living sacrifices to him. For your offering must be only for God and pleasing in him, which is the spiritual way for you to worship. I know some of us go, I don't, you know, I don't like giving. Well, let me tell you something. If you don't like giving, you don't really like worship. Because you know what giving is? It's worship. It's gratitude. It's saying, God, out of gratitude for all you are and all that you have done for me, God, I'm going to give of myself. And here's the kicker. You ready for the kicker? This is the best part of the whole message. That God has called us to be generous, but it doesn't matter how generous we become. He will always be more generous than us. Here's what's so amazing. My dad used to always say it when I was growing up. You can't outgive God. And so the more you give, this is not why we do it, but the more you give, you know what happens? The more he gives back to you. And so here's the deal. We don't give to get. We get to give. Come on, that was good. Y'all should have shook your head, said amen. Some, I work hard on this stuff, so help me out. But you know what? We don't give to get. Some, of you, some people will teach that. You give so that God can bless you. And yes, that is awesome, that God will bless you. I believe that. But we don't, we don't do it for that reason. But man, it's a great sound effect. And when we really get it in our heart that, hey, I'm not giving so that I can get, but actually... I get to give. It's a privilege. It's an honor. I get to be a part of what God is doing. And then here's what happens. If, as long as you give out, God will always make sure that you have something to give. He'll bless you. And every time he blesses you, you just realize that, hey, he didn't bless me just so I can keep it for me. He blessed me so I can be a blessing to others. And, man, it becomes a flow. It becomes a river of God's blessing that flows through you and out to others. But it doesn't happen when giving is just, oh, that's something we do, just part of the ritual, part of the thing that we do. No, you'll do it for the wrong reasons. But in your heart, when you get to this place where you go, man, it's not just something that I do. Like, it's who I am. That's why we're doing a series like this, guys, because, man, this is more than just something you see on the wall or on a website. This is who God has called us to be. It's in the DNA of our church. It's a core value that we wouldn't just give, and we're going to give, but that we would we would have a heart for giving, a heart of generosity. And I'm telling you, man, when we become that kind of church, man, you just watch out because God's going to He's looking for churches and people like that, people who He can flow His blessings through. I'm telling you, we can make a difference in the world. And that becomes our heart.